right, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. I am super pumped to bring you this word. It is the last message in the book of um, that we're going to go over as far as the series in Daniel. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, Daniel chapter 9. We're talking about praying prayers that God answers. Have you ever prayed a prayer and you felt like God, like it just went down into the abyss? Like you just prayed it and like it's like, okay, Lord, where are you? Has that ever happened to you? Any hands? Yep. If you're following us online, just give me a thumbs up. Like I, there's been, it's so frustrating, right? When you pray a prayer and you don't feel like God is there. Like you, you just like, you give your, you put your heart out and it's like nothing. Well, today we're going to look at a portion of scripture that will teach us specifically how to pray prayers that God answers, especially when you're in the middle of a crisis. Now, I hope that you're not in a crisis right now, okay? But if you are going through a crisis, this will for sure be relevant to you. If you're not going through a crisis, you will, my hope is that when you go through one, because all of us at one point or another, we always go through moments of difficulty my prayer is that you would come back to daniel and that you would let these verses be uh, uh, encouragement and hope to you so last week last week we learned that daniel was 82 years old and for the better part of 82 years he spent time praying every day three times a day three times a day, and this was not like a little prayer, you know, you're taking a shower and you just kind of throw a prayer in there, or you're driving on your way to work and you pray. Nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. If, that, if that's what you're doing, that's okay. But I'm talking about intentional prayers where he would interrupt his whole day, he would stop what he was doing, and he would take, he would devote time to pray. And so what we said last week is that to, in order for us to stand strong, we must kneel Often, So that was last week. This morning, I want to talk to you about three steps that Daniel modeled for us so that God can answer our prayers, especially when we're going, we're in the middle of a crisis. Here's step one. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. It's going to help you remember a whole lot longer. Number one, let God speak to you before you speak to him. Often in my spiritual walk with the Lord, I am really quick at asking him for things. I don't know about you, but like, you know, like in my prayer life, especially like I am like all over, like all of my needs and all of my wants. And I pray for my kids and I pray for my wife and I pray for the church and I pray for this and I pray for that. And if I'm not careful, what I find out is that it's one thing that I'm asking him after the next. I need this, and I want this, and I desire this. And before I, if I'm not, if I don't check myself, it's all about me. And so what you're going to see here in a little bit, as we read in chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9, verse 1, is that Daniel let God speak to him first before he spoke to God. This is what I call the listening step, the listening step. So often we do, we're so ready to just go to him. Now here's something that I want you to understand. God always makes the first move in your life. Okay? God will always make the first move in your life. So we love him. Why do we love him? Because he first loved us, the Bible says. We serve him. Some of you guys, you serve God. Why do we serve him? 
Because the Bible says he served us first. Before we ever thought we had a problem with sin or with any of that, God had already in mind, I'm going to send them a Savior to redeem them. And so God always, in our spiritual lives, he will always take that first step. Okay, so you need to listen to him before you're so quick to speak. Okay, Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. Let me give you a little bit of just the background so you know what's going on. Daniel now is 85 years old. It's been 70 years he's been in exile. Okay, so when he was 15, he was taken away from his town, away from his parents. It's been 70 years. He's 85. He's wanting to go home. He wants to go home before he dies. And so he knows, because he listens to God's word and he's in God's word, and he knows that this exile is going to take about 70 years. He picks that up from the, uh, Jeremiah 29, verses 10 through 12. If you want to write that reference down, you can. We'll get to it here in a minute. So he knows we're going to get back. Time's up, basically. But here's his crisis. He doesn't know if God's going to leave them there in Babylon a little bit longer because the hearts of the people were not, I mean, they were still as messed up as they were at the beginning, okay? And so, like, Daniel is freaking out. It's like, it's been 70 years. I want to go back home. But these people, their hearts are just as messed up as they were when, when we were you know, when we were brought here because they stepped away from the umbrella of God's protection, okay? So you guys, everybody tracking, okay? Daniel wants to go home. He's 85. He's ready, but he doesn't know because people's hearts are far away from God. Verse 1. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, those names, they always get me, Ahasuerus, who became king of the Babylonians. Verse 2. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, watch this, I, Daniel, what? Learned. So before he even brings any request or any prayer or anything, like he's into God's word, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. Okay? That word learned, it's the same word for study, okay? He is into God's word. The reason why you need to learn from God's word before you speak to the Lord is you will never pray effectively until you study God's word. Like if you don't, if you ignore God's word, it's like, you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to be into, I'm just going to just pray and that's all I do. You're never going to know how to pray, when to pray, what to say. You're going to ignore some of the 6,000 plus promises that God gives us in his word that we can pray. And sometimes I would dare even say some of your prayers are going to be off track. And you're going to be, answer you're going to be questioning, Lord, why are you not answering my prayers? And the first reason is because you have not allowed him to speak to you first. And you've tried to go you try to, you know, go first. Now, Jesus puts it like this. I love this. You fast forward into the New Testament, John chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus puts it like this. Watch this. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything that you want, and you, and it will be granted. Right? Like, 
Okay, so this is not just something that I'm coming up with. This is not a principle that just Alex, you know, came up with during the week. No, no. You have the Savior of the world looking at you today, and he says, if you listen to me, if you remain in me, if my words remain in you, you can ask me whatever you want, and it will be granted. It is a blank check. Like God is saying, you, this is, you can ask for whatever. It's like me sending my kids to the grocery store, right? Let's just, let's just pretend we don't do that just yet. But let's just pretend we send the kids to the grocery store. We have to eat, to, you know, we have to kind of prepare a meal for tonight, dinner, whatever. And we send them to the grocery stores. Well, they can do a couple of things with the money that we give them. They can spend it on like, you know, junk food or stuff that they want to buy. Or they could maybe buy some good, healthy, maybe this is the reason why we don't send them just yet. We, they can buy some good food and, you know, just prepare the meal tonight or whatever. Now, if they know my heart, they're going to get what they're supposed to get, right? Now, you flip that. If I know their heart, too, I'm going to basically send them. I'm not going to give them a credit card. I'm not going to give them any mon- money unless I know that they know what I want. Does that make sense? In other words, if, if God is going to give you something, he's going to give it to you as long as your heart is li- in line with his heart. I'm not going to give my kids my credit card unless I know that they know what they're supposed to do. And there's that trust in your life and in, 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 in between us. So let, first thing that Daniel models here is he let God speak to him before he would speak to God. So he let God speak into his life before he would ask him for anything. Here's a second principle I wrote down. Daniel demonstrated his seriousness and his focus on God by fasting. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Look in your Bibles. Look in verse 3. It's not on the screen. Let me say that again. If I want God to answer my prayers, I have to demonstrate my seriousness and my focus on him by fasting. Like, look at what he does. Look, look at what he's, it says. It says, So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. Now, here's the thing, and I, I want to make sure I, I make this clear. Daniel and Jeremiah, they're contemporaries. They're living at the same time. Okay, so when the Babylonians come and they take all the Israelites back to, you know, not all of them, it's about 25% of them. When they take Daniel and they take him captive back to Babylon, God used Daniel, but he also used some of the people that were left behind. One of them was Jeremiah. God speaks through through Jeremiah, and one of the things that Jeremiah says is, you're only going to be there in captivity for 70 years, and then God's going to bring you back. Okay, so look at the verse with me if you don't mind. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. This is what Daniel is reading. At the same time, I know we think of it like, oh, this is Jeremiah, Old Testament prophet, whatever. For Daniel, this was the man of God speaking God's word right now. Okay, so this is what Jeremiah was saying to God's people. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do um, for you all the good things that I've promised, and I'll bring you back home. So Daniel is hanging on to this. He's 85 now. 
He's an older man. He's like, I'm ready. Like, I don't want to die in this place. But they're, these people's hearts, you know, they're still far away from, from the Lord. And I don't know. Like, his crisis is, I don't know if God is going to allow this. I know what he says in his word, but I just don't know. And he's got this inter- internal conflict. But he's hanging on to this verse for dear life. Now, the next verse, verse 11, if you're a Christian, if you've been into church for any period of time, like, you know this verse. This is a verse that we put on every graduation car. And this is the verse that if you go to the Christian bookstore, you know, that you have it on probably on a frame. I'm sure you have it, some, some of you in your home or whatever. Jeremiah 29, 11. Watch what it says. It says, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, a lot of times, I take that verse, and I know it wasn't, like, written specifically to me. It was to the Israelites who were, you know, some of them were captive, you know, and all of that. But I take that verse, and I was like, man, I want that promise in my life. Because I, I choose to believe in a God that has my best interest at hand and so I choose to believe in a God who has good plans for me and he has a you know I, I, I have a he gives me hope and a future and all of those things but the thing that we never go to is the next the, ne- the thing that we never do is go to the next verse right like if I ask and you don't have to but if I ask you how many of you know Jeremiah 29 11 I'd say most of us say, yep I've heard it now if I put you here on the spotlight and I say I'm going to give you a hundred dollars Okay, hopefully we haven't put that up yet just yet. Just keep it, hold it there for a second. If I say, I'm going to put you up here on stage, if you're not looking at your Bibles, I'm going to give you $100 if you can quote the next part of next verse. How many of you would say, yep, I know it, right? It's like, I don't know. We know Jeremiah 29, 11. We don't know Jeremiah 29, 12. And this is what Daniel did know. It says this, look at it. It says, in those days when you what? When you pray, I will listen. Now, I want, you, I want you to see how Daniel modeled this. He knew Jeremiah 29, 11, 10, 11, 12. He knew God's word. So look at it with me one more time. Daniel 9, 3. 9, 3. Look at what, how Daniel is modeling this for us. So he knows the time is coming. Seven years has passed. I don't want to die in this area by myself, but God's people are still far away from him. So this is what he does, and he's modeling this for us. So I turn to the Lord God and plead it with him in prayer. And what else? And fasting. Now let me talk to, to some of our guys here in the room, and if you're listening uh, on our podcast or online if you are married okay let me give you a piece of advice this is going to help you out all right if you're married you're a guy when your wife talks to you turn your face toward her okay i promise you some of you ladies you should be thanking me right now when your wife and this goes both ways right like it's not just but the guys like we need this piece of you know this little thing is going to pay dividends when your wife is talking make sure if you're watching the game or whatever turn your face and look she'll appreciate it how many of you ladies would agree with me would you just kind of put your hands together yeah that's what I, oh that was weak i guess i don't appreciate that one i thought that was a freebie you know, this is what God is saying you need to do. Literally, another translation put it like this. It says, so I turn my face toward God. 
Did you know that you can actually, I'm not talking about like spiritually, I'm talking about physically, what God is teaching us here is to turn towards Him. Why is this that big of a deal? How do you do that in your relationship? How do you physically turn to God? I'll, sh I'll share how in a second, but this is why this is such a big deal. The highest gift, highest gift that you can give anybody is your attention. Did you know that? Some of us, we're so busy, you know, your coworker is talking to you, and you're like, you know, you're just writing things down, and you're like, yeah, I'm listening, I'm listening. You know what? That's that. If you want to show someone that you appreciate them, look at them. Highest gift you give anybody is your attention. It's more important, guys, than, 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 than chocolate, more important than roses, more important than money. You give your wife, you give your kids your attention. It's the highest gift you can give anybody. You know why? When you give someone your attention, what you're doing is you're giving them your life. Now, how do you do that with God? How do you physically turn to God? Well, it tells us. Verse 3, fasting. Now, fasting? Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? Like, are you, like, like this is kind of like an old thing. Now, we don't, I don't do that. You know, we don't do that anymore. When you look at the biblical principle, or the uh, discipline of fasting, you'll see it that it's all over the Old Testament. It's all, all over the New Testament. And yet, I wonder how many of us actually spend time fasting. Now, what is fasting? Fasting, in short, is when you go without... Biblical fasting is when you go without food, okay? And, um, you know, there's other ways to fast as well, but if you look at the biblical definition of fasting, nothing more, nothing less, is essentially saying, I'm going to go without food. One of... The definitions that I've actually used in the past is when you give up something that's good for something that's better. When you give up something that's good for something that's greater. Now, so not, like, how many of you like to eat? Would you raise your hand? You like food. Yeah. Some of you guys like food a little bit more than others. That's okay. You know? But I love food. I love food. When you fast, what you're saying is, God, I'm going to remove something that I like, something that I enjoy, something that I need for something, something that's good for something that's better. I want your presence in my life. I want your guidance. I want your direction. I want your wisdom in my life. And right now, I'm going to show you that I'm serious about this. So I'm going to put this on hold because I need this so much. Now, that's for some of us who may think like, man, psh, you're crazy. That's for crazy people. I'm not going to go hungry. Are you kidding me? Like, that's not, that's not for me, <laughs> you know. If you want to learn more about this, go to our website, lifepointfc.com forward slash fast. And, you, and I'll give you a little bit. We're not going to go into all of the details. But I'll say this. There, were, there are miracles in your life that God says to you and to me, you know what, some of those things that you're praying for, they're not going to come to you just by praying. Some of those things, you're going you're gonna to have to fast. There are some things in your life that do not come just by prayer. You need fasting as well. Now, uh, a couple of thoughts or a couple of, um, you know, like I'm not even going to make all, give you all the references, but uh, a few 
thoughts just for you to keep in mind. Moses, for example, he fasted before he received the Ten Commandments. You know that? Moses, before he got the Ten Commandments, he fasted. The Israelites, before they faced any major battles, they would fast. You would think that doesn't make sense. You'd think that you would want to be strong and you would want to be well-fed before you go into battle. Well, they knew something about fasting that sometimes we don't know. Daniel fasted before uh, he wanted to receive guidance from God. Nehemiah fasted, fasted before a major building project. You're a businessman. You're, you, you need to make a, a business decision. You don't know. It's complicated. There's a lot of layers. I want to challenge you to spend some time praying and fasting. Jesus, remember Jesus? Right before he was tempted, he fasted 40 days, 40 nights. Why is that? I think he was ready. I, I think he was focused. I think he, he knew what was coming, and he fasted intentionally. This wasn't like a, a thing that, oh, no, no, you know, I'm just going to do. No, no, no. This was something that he, like, he was intentionally fasting so that he could, he could um, put up with the attacks of the enemy. The early Christians in the New Testament, before they made any major decisions, they would fast. So here's what God says. God says, Amos chapter 5, verse 4 says this. Seek me. Watch this. Get the heart behind this. This is what God is saying to you this morning. Seek me and you will what? You live. You're not just going to exist. So many of us, we just go through the motions. We just exist. And God is saying, like, I want this thing, I want you to take this whole thing, this whole idea of faith, I want you to take it seriously. I want you to seek me with everything that you have, not just so, so flippantly, but I want you to seek me with all of your heart. If you do that, you will live. Jesus puts it like this, I came to give you life. Not just a little bit of life, no, abundant life to give you life to the fullest. And so we're not going to be like, you know what, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to look into this whole idea of God, you know, in my spare time. I'm just, you know, between my TV shows and my work schedule. No, 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 no. What God is teaching us through Daniel is to go all out. You want God to reward your, your business? Seek Him. You want God to reward your finances? Seek Him him you want him to reward your marriage things are struggling things are not going well seek him you want god to bless your kids your relationships that boyfriend that girlfriend that your future you want god to be in your future and bless your future it's all over scripture it's not i'm not saying anything fancy i'm not saying something that we don't know we just get into the the just this mundane cycle you know and we just kind of we lose our passion. We lose our, our heart for the Lord. And God says, look, if you seek me, I'm going to reward you. If you don't seek me, you're on your own. You're going to, which is what happened to the Israelites. You're going to step out of that umbrella of protection. So three steps. Number one step that Daniel modeled for us. He let God speak to him before he spoke to, to him. Demonstrated his seriousness and his focus on God by fast. And the disciples would run into Jesus and say, we can't do. There's some things that we can't do. And Jesus would say, hey, some things come by prayer and fasting. He tells them, he says, when you fast, 
It doesn't say if you fast, it says when you do it. Jeremiah, you know, we looked at a few verses in Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, if you seek, God through Jeremiah said, if you seek me, you will find me. That is, if you seek me with all of your heart. Number three, and we're done, is this. Humbly confess your sins. God doesn't listen to a prideful, complaining heart. You know that? God listens to a humble confession. God responds to humility. Like, like we, a lot of times we think that if, if I confess my sins, if I say something, you know, like I did wrong, like we think that God is, is going to punish us. And nothing is further from the truth. Like God, like he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so if I come to God in humility and say, Lord, I messed up, I blew it, you know my heart, you know that, you know, I just, I don't know what I was thinking. It's not like God is going to be like, oops, where was I? You know, I missed that one. No, 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 he already knows. He knows what you've done. He knows your thoughts. He knows everything about, you know, he knows how screwed up we are. And so when you just come to him in humility, all he's, he's wanting you to do is, is like own it. Because we're really good at excuses. And what I love about Daniel is that, well, let me say it like this. What I don't like about myself is that sometimes the older I get, the harder my heart gets. I wish it was the opposite. You know, like when you're a child, it can mean your heart is so soft for the things of God. But to me, it's, it's like the older I get, it seems like my heart. It's like a a layer of like aluminum foil gets put a ra- wrapped around my heart and that represents a sin, right? And it's like, I ignore it, you know, I kind of excuse it or I blame someone else. But if I'm not careful layer after layer after layer, what I realize is like, man, my heart is not what it used to be. Remember when you gave your life to Christ? Remember the first time that like like God became real to you, not because your parents made you go to church or because of, you know, somebody told you that you had to read the Bible, but it was like you, re- you recognize that this there is a God in heaven who loves you, and you, man, you would tell everybody about Him, and you would re- you were in God. Nobody, no preacher had to tell you to read the Bible, because you were on fire for Him. What I love about Daniel is that he's eighty-five years old. And you're going to see it in a minute. And he's just pouring out his heart to God in confession. And what you're going to see is that God, when you confess, God doesn't react with, he doesn't respond with punishment. Sometimes we feel like, and I don't know if it's a church that has done that. I don't know if preachers have communicated the wrong message. But sometimes I know, maybe it's Christians. I don't know. People judge you, you know, when you make a mistake. But if you read scripture, what you will find is that every time you come to God in humility, he responds with forgiveness, with mercy, with grace. And sometimes it's our own pride that gets us, that takes us down. Pride comes before the fall. If anything's going to take you down, it's your own stinking pride. But look at what Daniel says. A few more verses, we're done. So I got this crisis, this this prayer. I'm in, in God's word. I'm listening to you. I don't know what to do. I've lived 70 years away from home. I'm ready to head back. 
but I don't see it. It's not going to happen because I know that the hearts of the people are far from you. Verse 4, so I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Oh Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. But we have sinned. We've done wrong things. We've done some wrong things, he says. We've rebelled against you and we scorn your commands. You know what Daniel is doing? He's keeping short accounts. In a minute, we're going to have a time of just self-reflection. And I, I want to I, I ask you a question, not because I need, you to, I need to know, but because I think it's a good exercise for all of us. And this, this is a question. Is there any sin in your life? Not because I want to point fingers. Not because I want to know. <laughs> I don't need to know. I got my own junk. <laughs> but I think it's a great question to ask. Lord, is there anything in my life that's off? Bible says the heart is deceitful. You know that? Our hearts, is, it says, is deceitful. Who knows it? I, the Lord, search the heart. And so, if you said something, if you thought something, if you did something, just confess it. Own it. Like he's, you know, we can come up with a bunch of excuses. I know I do sometimes. But the benefit, the benefit of you owning your mistakes is freedom. We think that when we're afraid that when we own something and we admit it and we tell God that he's going to punish us. But he's not a God of punishment. He's a God of love. And so when we own it and confess it, what happens is he sets us free. And all of a sudden, it's like, like, you, you, your mind and your eyes are so much more clear. And so look at what, what Scripture says. Let this be the message for you. Verse 29, uh, 20, excuse me. I went on praying and confessing my sins and the sins of the people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, His holy mountain. And as I was praying, Gabriel is one of three archangels men mentioned in the Bible. Gabriel, remember you have Lucifer, he's the one that was, uh, you know, he was, had there's pride, he didn't want to be just like God, he wanted to be God himself, he's cast down, become Satan, right? You have Michael and you have Gabriel, Gabriel shows up at Christmas, this is such a big deal that God says, I'm going to send one of my, my big dudes, Daniel, I mean, Gabriel to talk to Daniel, as I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in an earlier vision, came swiftly to me. Verse 22, he explained to me, watch this, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. Verse 23, the moment, the moment you began praying, a command was given. Do you want God to answer that request, that thing that's a burden to you, that thing that you've been like, oh, like I just, God, please come through. Come before the Lord humbly. I love this. Daniel is 85. He's owning the sins of the people. 
That's the kind of humility that he had. Of all people, I mean, probably the one that had to, Daniel was praying every day. Goodness, why are you, you know? No, no, no. He knew there was sin in his life. And he's owning it. And the, this angel comes and tells him, the moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I'm here to tell you what this command is. For you are very precious to God. Now, God doesn't need to send Gabriel to you and to me because he sent Jesus Christ, right? Daniel didn't have him. We have the second half of the Bible. He didn't have that. We have the Holy Spirit. He didn't have that. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, just a simple question. Do you want him to answer your prayers? Let me challenge you. Let him make the first move. Allow him to speak to you before you open up your mouth. I applaud you for being here. Great job. You're doing it. Secondly, there's something in your life and it's a big deal. Demonstrate your seriousness and your focus on Him by taking some time to fast. Some miracles in your life will not come to place unless you fast. I know it doesn't make sense, but I will tell you in my own life, there's been times when I've needed guidance and I needed help and I needed strength. In those moments, the last thing that I should have been doing was fasting because I, that makes you feel weak and all of those things. But somehow in a spiritual way, I found that I was more focused. I found that I had a, a newer sense of strength that I didn't know I could have. And I experience guidance and I experience wisdom like never before. I have personally experienced that in my life. There's just something about it. You want God to answer your prayers? Humbly confess your sins. Now, you're here and you're listening to this message and you're like, how do you know? That you know, that you know, like that you know for a fact that like if you do those three things, God's going to answer my prayer request. Here's how I know. There's another passage of scripture. There's another verse in the Bible that gives us the exact same formula that I gave in you. Those three points, exact, like one by one. It's 2 Chronicles 7.14. Some people think that this is a promise for America. I think this is a promise for any believer. Sometimes you hear politicians saying, this is God's promise for America. No, 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 no. I don't believe that. I believe this is a promise for any believer in any country. So you may be listening from Colombia, from Ecuador, from, and I believe that God will answer this prayer to believers anywhere in our world today. And it's the exact same thing that Daniel did. It's the same prayer that Daniel modeled for us. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. I don't see a whole lot of humility in our day and age anymore. And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will heal, I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land you replace that word land 
I believe that he will heal our hearts. I think that he will heal our minds. He will heal our marriages. He will heal our depression. He will hear, heal. He will hear us and he will heal us. And so is there any sin in your life right now? I just ask between you and the Lord. You don't have to confess it to me. I'm not your, your priest. I'm just your pastor. I'm here to love you. But you confess it to him. You agree. Just tell him, Lord, I've blown it. I need you. This is your time. God, thank you for being a good, gracious father good gracious savior god you've promised us that if we stay connected if your word remains in us in our hearts whatever we ask you will it will be done that's your promise and so god i thank you for your people here this morning for those who are listening to your word this morning god they love you they're good people they want to do what's right if not they were not they would not be listening to this message they would not be listening to your word. And so I ask you on their behalf, God, that you would hear their prayers for Jesus' sake. God, help us to see your plan in our lives. Teach us to focus our attention on you. I mean, it's so easy to get distracted in our world today. God, we turn physically. We turn our face to you, God. And we ask that you would forgive us where we've wandered away, where we've drifted away. Help us, God, to demonstrate our seriousness that we'll be even willing to go hungry as a symbol, as a sign of how serious we are about our faith and our relationship with you, God. Thank you for loving us, for your promises. Thank you for your faithfulness when I'm unfaithful. Thank you for being consistent when I'm inconsistent. God, thank you that when I'm done, when I'm when I am humble and I come before you in humility and I admit my sins, God, thank you that when I recognize my rebellion, you don't respond with punishment, but you respond with forgiveness and with love and with grace and with mercy. And so, God, I ask you that you would work in our hearts today. And I pray that if there's someone here listening to my voice that does not know you, God, I ask that th this very moment they would say, God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on my behalf. Lord, come into my heart right now. Make yourself real to me. I want to learn to trust you. Be the manager of my life. So God, we love you and we thank you for the example that we have in Daniel. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.